Welcome to City Talks, a monthly podcast looking at the big issues facing UK cities and the latest thinking on urban policy. I'm your host, Andrew Carter, from the think tank Centre for Cities. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to this episode of City Minutes. Today, I'm joined by my colleagues, Paul Swinney, Anthony Breach, and Jess Talasovics. We're going to have quick fire reactions from being at Conservative and Labour Party conferences. We held 21 events over the two conferences, covering lots of different issues. And our programme always starts with a welcome to the city reception. That was no different. We began in Manchester and then moved on to uh, Liverpool. And it was interesting at the welcome to Manchester reception, where we were talking about the importance of cities, that it was on the day when the Prime Minister made a statement about it's all about towns, And then at our reception, we were joined by the Treasury Minister, who told us how important cities were. So, Paul, give us a reaction to that. Well, it was very reassuring that the Minister uh, told us that it is actually all about cities, even though he was uh, contradicting his boss. Um, What Rishi Sunak said was was surprising. We did think that this would emerge again at some point, but probably not quite so, so quickly as it did. Um, and fortunately, you know, our very recent research, which we spoke about very recently, Andrew, on this podcast, shows that it's just not the case. You know, thinking about towns v cities and pitching towns against cities actually hurts the, pe- the, the people who live in those towns. Because what the research showed is that you can't think about these places in isolation. There was a relationship between big cities and their surrounding towns. And in part, the answer to helping these towns has to be about trying to improve the performance of these big places. Fortunately, the minister understands that. And so, you know, the politics of this and what the prime minister said, um, hopefully is a more of a flash in the pan, sort of a catchy election thing rather than influencing um, broader thinking. Um, but it's also worth saying that, you know, even within this, as it seems as it was ever thus, or certainly in recent years, that the announcements and the rhetoric that the prime minister came out with actually weren't really met with the policy that came underneath it. You know, 1.1 billion pounds to be shared amongst, was it 55 places? 55. Really, um, quite a disconnect there. Yes, always look under the uh, the skin or under the, the rhetoric for the, the detail is a good guiding principle to uh, those of us interested in policy. So cities and towns was one issue. The second issue, particularly at Conservative, although to a degree at Labour as well, was uh, HS2 and the future of it. Obviously, when the Conservative Party conference was happening, uh, the HS2 future was unclear, despite lots of uh, rumours. But during the Conservative conference, its future became uh, clear in a sense that it was going to be canned. And we had sessions with uh, Mayor Andy Burnham and Mayor Andy Street as the announcements were being uh, kind of announced or, or leaked Uh, And they weren't happy, to say the least. Paul, say a little bit about their reaction, but also then, I guess, our our reaction to to the announcement and what happened afterwards, particularly in relation to the publication Network North. We all kicked off, didn't it? You know, right in the middle of doing our uh, running our events and then. Uh, then we've got Andy Burnham coming up, the national press want to be in the room, and then uh, Andy Burnham and Bev Craig, the leader of Manchester Local Authority, then doing uh, a press conference in the, the room down below after. So that was quite interesting from a policy one perspective to, to see all of that politics in action. Now, a few things to say about the announcements. The first one is that um, whatever you think about HS2, I think it was pretty disappointing that the policy seemed to have been changed in a hotel room. 
in Manchester at party conference and certainly not even consulting the mayors around it, um, I think is especially disappointing. You know, we should be grown up politics. The mayors, I think, have, have shown themselves to be pretty grown up in terms of how they have gone about um, engaging uh, in recent years. And I just think that was uh, that was very disappointing. Yeah. Um, Clearly, it's it's an embar- it's embarrassing from a from a national perspective about pulling the plug on this piece of infrastructure and has all sorts of implications in terms of um, of how people trust the credibility of the UK government to deliver these sorts of things in the in the future. So there could be a penalty there. Although noting that we shouldn't just fund this thing irrespective of where costs get to. So I think it's is sensible to at least have a conversation around the cost front. Um, but also then, will it impact on levelling up? Well. I think HS2 is a very small part of it. In fact, HS2 was a separate project that had nothing to do with levelling up. And there are a number of other things that we should continue to focus on um, around improving the forms of our big cities, you know, around skills, around uh, around how we uh, plan uh, there in terms of house building and their city centres, and in terms of local transport that are probably more important. It doesn't say HS2 isn't important, but probably more important um, than, than the, the role that HS2 was going to play. Now, on the local transport stuff, so Network North was announced and then bits of it were unannounced uh, very soon after. And it turned out some other bits had already been delivered and it turned out some bits weren't even in the north. So, And it also turned out that some of the projects that were announced were then regarded as illustrative examples of what might happen rather than projects that will happen. It's almost as if these things were dreamed up in a hotel room in Manchester rather than, than fully thought through, wasn't it? Well, yes, you may say that. <laughs> many of other many others have said exactly that uh, as well, and we'll come back to uh, mayors um, very shortly with with Jess. So, and if you if you follow the Centre for Cities and you follow our work, you'll know that housing and planning reform is one of the key central themes for us. Getting it right is really really important, not just for the housing and planning perspectives, but actually to facilitate and enable economic growth up and down the country. So it was fantastic that we held two brilliant events at both party conferences. The rooms were packed. Uh, There was enthusiasm, frustration and disagreement in equal proportions across the two panels. I think when we take a step back, I think it was clearly interesting that housing was also a big, uh, big issue for Labour. And obviously it featured heavily uh, in the Labour leader's speech um, towards the end of Labour conference, but less of uh, less prominence. Uh, in the PM speech at Conservative. So, Anthony, you're our leading light on all things housing and uh, planning reform. Uh, Unpack it and give us the thoughts. Yeah, so planning reform is going to happen, right? I think both kind of our events, you know, uh, as you were saying, jam-packs, you know, so full that even I couldn't get in, Um, (laughs) you know, and also going around kind of other house building and planning uh, reform events as well. I heard all sorts of things, you know, people expressing their frustrations with the system. In some ways, kind of conservative audiences, like even more... Um, agitated and radical um, about uh, about planning reform than even at Labour. But the one thing I didn't hear was the planning system is fine. It doesn't need reform. It's all okay. We don't need to do anything. Nobody was saying that. There was absolutely a consensus that the planning system isn't working, and uh, you know we need to do things differently and become more like a, a normal uh, European country, uh, and having more certain and rules based uh, process. I mean, as you said, you know, I think there was then a mismatch. I think then between even though there was this consensus at the grassroots level, the mismatch and how it was treated by um, kind of the very senior politicians was um, was quite striking. I think, you know, we saw uh, Secretary of State saying, you know, ruling out kind of any building uh, on the green belts, even though that's probably implied by the proposals that have been made in Cambridge. 
and also the Prime Minister uh, not making any comment on housing uh, at all. Obviously, in contrast, I think it's very welcome um, from both Rainer and Starmer. We've seen some big um, announcements. I think it's reassuring to see that um, you know there's such a wide range of packages that, that have been announced um, by Labour. It all seems to me to be stuff you can do under existing legislation within the first uh, 100 days or so. They're going to have to go further, I think, if they're, if they're serious about um, you know, ending the housing crisis, about having a big permanent increase in house building and not just delivering improvements to affordability, but actually having the beneficial impacts on uh, the economy uh, in terms of more construction jobs, in terms of more investment, in terms of uh, high disposable incomes after housing costs, and also attacking the cost of living crisis. So I think in terms of that economic credibility, uh, which, which is so important um, in terms of Labour's uh, strategy, I mean, it's still a bit more um, to see. But I think as well, you know, I think the other thing that was reassuring about what Starmer in particular was saying was this recognition that, you know, some people are going to be upset, right? You know, if the housing crisis was easy to solve, if the planning system was easy to reform and we could all get along uh, quite happily and do it uh, without anyone uh, getting agitated, we would have done it already. And I think this, this recognition that this is a challenging problem, it's a hard problem, and ultimately government is going to have to take some tough political decisions to, uh, to properly resolve it, uh, I think is a mark of how serious um, Labour, Labour are treating this issue. Excellent. Very good. Yeah, very good indeed. We'll see some of the, hopefully see some more of that detail uh, over the next um, 12 months. So another prominent issue for us at the Centre for Cities is obviously devolution and metro mayors. Jess, you were keeping an eye on this. We did loads of sessions. We did well, we said sessions with at least six of the Metro mayors across the two conferences. And interestingly, we had three Labour mayors that were at Conservative Conference, which is a kind of recent trend. We see more of Labour mayors going to Conservative Conference to engage with uh, the Conservatives and with, I suppose, the government of the day. What, what does that tell us about them as Metro mayors and how they see their job? So I think the first thing that came out in pretty much all the sessions we had with the Metro Mayors was the emphasis on taking a place-based approach over a party political approach. Um, we've seen this in recent times with cross-party collaboration from the mayors to deliver their mandates, um, such as we saw with developing the recent trailblazer deals in both Greater Manchester and in Birmingham. The second observation is definitely the strength of the mayoral voice that's coming through. As mayors are maturing in the political system and their individual voices are becoming much more amplified. Um, but we're also seeing the mayors strengthening their collective voice, such as through coming together as the M10. And um, this is allowing them to speak with a united voice for devolution and devolve matters against the Westminster politics, as we saw very heavily with the HS2 situation mm. as well. Mm. The third observation in our conversation with the Metro mayors um, was definitely that the discussion went far beyond just rhetoric and really got down into the nuts and bolts of what they had to do to improve their areas. And there's a real determination for them to demonstrate their delivery with the powers they've been given. Um, so we saw a lot of conversation about bus franchising, as well as Burnham touching on the MBAC and skills agenda in his region. And then as you touched upon in your remarks, Andrew, um, today we've predominantly seen Labour mayors engaging with a Conservative government so we'll definitely be one to watch um, how the dynamics shift, both for individual voices and a collective voice of the mayors, if Labour comes to power and how they decide to engage. Yes, that is, I think that was a very good point in a sense. We, you know, we talked to each of the the, the Labour mayors uh, about how they would engage with the with the Labour government. And obviously we don't know how that's going to work out in practice, but that is definitely an area uh, to watch, I think, if and when, uh, if we get 
um, a Labour government at some point. Um, great. So that's a sort of brief summary of some of the important big themes and big issues that came up and we observed during a conference. Obviously, the next 12 months is going to be a busy and interesting time. Obviously, understandably, there's going to be much focus on the next general election, wherever that will be, whether it'll be sometime in autumn 24 or maybe even early 25. But before that, you know, we're going to get his King's speech in early November. We'll get an autumn statement uh, in uh, late-ish November, and we'll see more what the government is proposing at, on, on those instances. In May 2024, we're going to have Metro Mayor elections. Nine of the Metro Mayors, if you include London, will be up for re-election, but three new Metro Mayors will also be elected for the first time as part of that nine. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and the degree to which local matters uh, interact with national matters. Obviously, local elections in many urban areas will take um, will happen at the same time, which have big implications for those places. And all the while, and I think this is the point that Jess was touching on, all the while our metro mayors will be busy getting on doing the things that they're doing, whether we start to see bus franchising uh, coming forward in places like Liverpool and others, or indeed trying to develop some of the schemes and projects that they now have underway. So plenty to keep an eye on over the next uh, period. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of City Talks brought to you by Centre for Cities. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Centre for Cities. Please rate, review and subscribe if you like what you heard. You can also follow the centre on Twitter at Centre for Cities or like us on LinkedIn for the latest updates on what the centre is up to. If you have any comments on the episode or suggestions for topics we should cover in the future, we'd love to hear from you. Do tweet us or send an email to info at centreforcities.org. The music was from Palace Fires by Johnny Foreigner, used with permission and all rights are reserved.